when you chronically apologize, you are subconsciously communicating to people that you see yourself as a burden and inferior, and therefore they're going to see you that way too. They're not going to take you seriously. And that's not good for anybody because then they're not benefiting from all the amazing gifts and talents that you have to offer this world. Welcome to the Wellness Wave Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Locke, and my goal is to help you help yourself unlock your full potential for receiving abundance and success. Every Monday, jumpstart your week by empowering yourself with knowledge and advice about wellness and personal growth, biohacking and habit stacking, manifestation and nervous system regulation, and so much more. And remember that slowly is the fastest way to get to where you want to be. Wellness is a lifestyle and a movement to create a world full of people who feel safe, strong, and loved. And practicing good wellness habits can have a ripple effect on those you surround yourself with. So with that, let's create waves. Hello, dear friends. Welcome back to the Wellness Wave podcast. My name is Sarah. If you're new here, if you're not new here, then go ahead and do yourself a favor if you're matching these vibes and hit that subscribe button so we can keep this show rolling. Grab yourself a grounding beverage. I've got my matcha from Maman because I am currently in the Big Apple and the big beautiful city, which honestly, it's not that beautiful. A lot of the time. No, I love the city, but a lot of very interesting things has happened while I've been here. It's been an amazing trip. I finally turned 25. I know we've been kind of on this theme of my 25th birthday and being in the mid 20s, yada, yada. But we're going to talk about some serious stuff today. The overarching theme being over apologizing. Mm. Your girl has not been staying hydrated enough in the city, I'll tell you that. I would like to start this episode actually with a card pull from my new deck that I got for my birthday from Anima Mundi. They have a beautiful shop here in, or it's in Brooklyn, um, in Greenpoint, that neighborhood. So I would definitely go check it out if you're ever in the city and while you're at it, go look at their website. They have some beautiful, beautiful products and herbs and medicines. Um, I'm not sponsored by them. I just genuinely love their, their stuff. And this is actually, a deck created by the owner, Adriana Ayales. Ayales, I think that's how you pronounce her name. Super beautiful. It's the, the Herbal Astrology Oracle. So we're going to pull a card from this and see what the theme is. I love these cards because each one is a different herb, a different plant medicine. So I guess they're not all herbs. Some are mushrooms. But then when you go into the little book, it shares some information about the cultural history of the medicine, as well as some intuitive guidance. And they're all kind of aligned with different planets or like some are ruled by the sun and Saturn, some are ruled by the moon, some are ruled by like Jupiter, Neptune, you know, so it's very comprehensive. So we're talking about over apologizing and setting my intentions for what I would like to be communicated. Um, I'm gonna, Pick a card, any card. Let's see. Ooh, you're, you're liking this one, are you? <laughs> so this is, ooh, Kava Kava. Hopefully you can see that. Let's see if we can get it to focus. Hello. Oh, they're just gorgeous. Gorge, gorge, gorge. I actually pulled this card once already. It's really interesting. Some of the same cards have been popping up a lot. So Kava Kava 
The word is community. Um, it is ruled by Pluto and the moon. Um, upright, which we're just going to say was upright. Celebration, kinship with tribe, community, friendship, union, finding your chosen family. If it were in reverse, it would be separation, seriousness, not wanting to connect with others, loneliness. Kava means bitter and in Hawaiian, or in Tongan, Tongan? It means bitter and in Hawaiian it's called awa. Legend has it that Kava brought, was brought over to the islands by the gods Cain and Kanaloa from their ancestral Polynesia. It was known as a drink of the gods and honored across the, specific, the Pacific Islands. Um, I'm not going to read all of this because there's a lot of information in here, but we'll, write it, we'll read about the guidance. Kava's energy moves through our nervous system like a butterfly, relaxing, widening, and assisting us in surrendering. Although you might be amid an important moment in your life, remember that you don't have to do it alone. When you widen your circles intentionally, receive support from the universe and others to join you on the path. Um, and gently invites us to observe our position in the community in this moment. And how does this correlate? Does that correlate this moment in your life alongside your personal evolution? Egg, caterpillar, cocoon, or butterfly? Oftentimes, finding your purpose within your community and the parallels with your inner journey can provide great relief and meaning. I love that. And all of that is just making me think about how when we over-apologize, we really are ostracizing ourselves from our community because we're telling ourselves and we're telling the people around us that we are not good enough, we're not worthy enough. And that kind of clouds the gifts that we have to offer to the people around us because we're not confident enough in our own offerings to bring them to life. So there's our little card pool. Maybe I'll start doing that at the start of each episode, we'll see. Each time I travel, so many learning opportunities present themselves. And if you start to pay attention, you will undoubtedly notice this as well. I did an episode a while back on all of the lessons I learned from this beach trip I went on. I will try and remember to link that down below. But it's been the same situation with this trip and being apologetic versus not apologetic and unapologetic in your whole being, your whole existence. I don't know if it's because I had this idea for a podcast in mind already and the universe is just popping things out or is just noticing more, paying attention more, because obviously a lot of the content in my podcast is a direct reflection of what I'm learning and noticing in my life and in the lives of my clients and my community. But regardless, many opportunities for learning about being unapologetic on this trip in NYC, baby. And of course, here I am in my Atlanta Braves hat. It's actually my sister's, but I think it's so cute and I want one for myself. Odds are, if you are a chronic apologizer, you're already aware of it. As a recovering chronic apologizer myself, I certainly started noticing more and more when I would say sorry. And a lot of the times you don't even have to verbalize the word sorry. It's the energy that you approach situations with. So really working on being intentional about how you respond to situations in general is important, right? But some examples of when we may apologize unnecessarily. Perhaps your waiter brings you the wrong order and you say, sorry, I didn't get this. I'm so sorry. I'm such an annoying inconvenience. This happens to me a lot with my dietary restrictions between being gluten-free. Um, for a while I was vegan. I'm not vegan anymore, but 
you know, that made things really complicated when I was vegan and gluten-free. Um, but when you're dairy-free, like certain sugars, it's just, you know, if you have any sort of dietary, um, I don't even want to call them restrictions, but if you have any lifestyle dietary choices that do not align with the standard American diet, then you probably get this. Don't apologize for asking for what you ordered. I've been working a couple of shifts as a barista at this really cute cafe in my town, if for no other reason than just to have community, honestly, because I work remotely all the time. It's really nice getting out of the house. But one of the things I always say to customers, like whenever people apologize, I'm like, don't apologize. You, you ordered what you ordered and you paid for it. So things are expensive nowadays. Like if you order something and you don't get what you ordered, you need to speak up and say something and don't be apologetic about it because your money is valuable and you worked hard for that money, right? Or say, sorry to bother you when you're asking an employee a question of a place. Like that is literally their job. That is what they're getting paid for. So stop it. Or maybe a cashier at the supermarket breaks your eggs or you somehow a product gets damaged while you're checking out. Again, you pay, you're paying for this with your hard-earned money. So don't be apologetic for it. You may even be apologizing for a family member's rude behavior, for somebody being late. But these are not your responsibilities to apologize for, to own up to. Or you could apologize for not hearing somebody. The list just goes on and on for situations in which we say we're sorry when we don't need to. So why do we do this? Where does this habit come from? Because that's really what it is. It's a habit. And a lot of us develop this at an early point in our lives. And I think it's especially prevalent among women because from an intergenerational perspective, we've always had to apologize for our actions. At this point in your life, you may not be forced to apologize frequently, but I bet your ancestors did. Think about women who were literally burned at the stake for being intuitive or for wanting to use herbs to heal. Like they were literally called witches, which they probably were. Where's my coven at? But they were burned at the stake for it. How crazy. So that, along with many other events throughout history, which you know we could do a whole series on probably, women have been, have this belief ingrained that we have to apologize. Or think about women who have been the victims of SA and have been told that it's their fault because they were wearing clothes that were too revealing or they were being too silly and too easy. So it's their fault. Another man or person or whoever, their behavior is the woman who was the victim's fault? Doesn't add up. Now, of course, there are situations that have more gray area, but that's, that's not what this episode is about. In general, I think we as women can all agree that it is culturally ingrained for us to be apologetic and apologize for our man's behavior or for, you know, not having the house clean enough or like stupid shit like that. But it's not stupid because it's real and it's literally built into our DNA. Whether or not these wounds are coming from intergenerational traumas or they were built into you from childhood, they're very real and they're very much so hindering you from reaching out and taking the life that you want for yourself. 
Let's talk about some of the reasons that we chronically apologize. And a lot of these reasons do go hand in hand. There's going to be some overlap. Number one is people-pleasing. You don't want to be a disappointment. Perhaps early on in your life, a coach or teacher or parent made you feel like what you were doing was not good enough or that in order to have value and worth, you had to get certain grades or be involved in certain sports or uh, extracurriculars. And if you did not excel in those things, then you just weren't worthy. You had no value. So anything less than what was exceptional, you had to apologize for. This is really similar to being a perfectionist. When you have these intensely high standards for yourself, you may feel like you need to apologize for every little thing that you do imperfectly. You might have number three, which is low self-esteem, which again, kind of overlaps with the people-pleasing and the perfectionism. You might think poorly of yourself and see yourself as a burden. You worry about overreacting or you're asking too much. And that reads to other people as you aren't worthy of those things. You don't have confidence to achieve your goals and to sustain your vision. But here's a little secret. Don't tell anybody, but also you can tell everybody because I believe every single person on this planet is worthy of success. The most successful people don't reach their level of success without asking for too much. You are worthy of too much, honey. There's no such thing as too much though. Take a sip of that browning beverage, will ya? The last reason that I wanna talk about, which is one, two, three, four, five? Wait. No, I think it's just four. <laughs> We're gonna call it four. Is that you feel uncomfortable. And I think this is where a lot of us get, what am I doing with this pen? I'm like conducting you, like hypnotizing you. Let all of these new programs download into your subconscious, into your nervous system. <laughs> okay, more, more grounding beverage. Being uncomfortable and not being prepared to handle those sensations is what gets us into sticky situations dangerous situations a lot of the time. When we feel uncomfortable, frequently what happens is instead of trusting our gut and shutting down the situation instantly, we tell ourselves, oh no, I'm overreacting. We play this like little mental game of I'm overreacting, it's not a big deal. I just need to calm down and get through this. And you're very apologetic in how you show up to the situation. Instead of being unapologetically like, no, shutting this down, getting out of this, goodbye, you are not touching my energy today, sir or ma'am. So we're pressured into making choices that we wouldn't usually make, or doing things that we wouldn't usually do, or we're just apologetic in the situation to make ourselves feel better in the moment. You feel responsible for other people's mistakes and you take ownership for their mistakes. But I just wanna point out, real quick before we go any deeper and I share some relevant stories that have occurred for me this week in New York City, that over-apologizing is not a character flaw. It is not a built-in mechanism. It is habitual. It is a habit that you can break. You can relearn. It is simply a destructive habit. <laughs> Y'all know how I feel about calling things bad or good. 
But I think I, I prefer referring to habits as destructive or productive or energizing. And I think this is a destructive habit, quite frankly. Over-apologizing makes you seem less confident to other people, but it also makes you feel less confident, which is the most important thing is for you internally to feel confident and valuable because that reflects itself. Your facial expressions, how you carry yourself, the words you speak, those are all a mirror of how you're feeling internally reflected onto the outside world. And how your internal world looks is how your external world looks. That's a huge part of manifestation, right? It also becomes a boy who cried wolf situation because people are not going to take you seriously when you genuinely are res- you need to take responsibility for something and have something to apologize for. Apologizing when it is appropriate and you really need to is actually very empowering and has the same effect of not apologizing when you don't need to. It shows people that you are very self-aware and you know how to take ownership for your actions and that is just as attractive. So I'm not saying to never apologize. You just need to cultivate that awareness of when it's appropriate to apologize. Situations when you shouldn't apologize. Let's, let's go through them. When it wasn't something you did, when it wasn't something you could control, when it was something another adult did, for asking questions, for your appearance, for your feelings, for not having the answers, or for taking your time. It is your fundamental human right to take your time. And if somebody else has a stick up their butt and doesn't wanna give you that space and give you that time, then that is their problem and not yours. That is for them to work through. The first lesson, that I experienced over the past week or so with being unapologetic was when I was in Sweetgreen. Normally when I go to Sweetgreen, I'll just get one of the pre-made bowls that they have because it's easy, they look delicious, whatever. But this particular day it was like, you know, I'm not really feeling any of these. I kind of want to just pick my own ingredients because I know, you know, I just, I want to try something new, whatever. Like I don't even have to explain why I was doing this, right? But I, was in the city, not in New York actually, this is while I was still in Atlanta. And I went up to order and they have things in kind of a strange order at Sweetgreen. I don't know if you've noticed that before, but you know, a lot of places they'll do the meat and grains first. Sweetgreen does all that at the end. And so I started just listing things off that I wanted, but it was in a messy order. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't giving, I was a little overwhelmed by all the ingredients. Cause again, I hadn't ordered that way before. And I could just tell from this guy who I was ordering from that he was just so annoyed with me and was like, who is this bitch coming in here not knowing what she wants? She's so inconvenient. And I felt that that heaviness, that weight. And I did say to him that I was, you know, I was like, I'm sorry. I normally order the bowl. I explained myself to him. And then after I left and thought about it and processed it, I was like, dang. I really wish that I had said something different. Like I wish I had reframed that the way that I said that to him or rephrased the way I said it to him. I wish I had said something more along the lines of like, thank you for your patience with me. So here's the three steps for how to combat this habit, this chronic apologizing habit. First step is awareness, noticing. That's pretty much (laughs) for any sort of step-by-step way of overcoming some sort of mental block challenge it's always going to be awareness right and 
the only way that we can really do that is just by being patient with ourselves. We tell somebody about it, um, maybe do some journaling at the end of each day and, and reflect to think about when we may have apologized. But I think having an accountability buddy really helps because other people are more likely to notice when you're doing something habitual than you are. Because again, for you, it's habitual. If you just, it just autopilot comes right out. So notice first and then question, why is it that you're apologizing? So we talked about those reasons for, for chronic apologizing. And we can, of course, go deeper and deeper into where that initial wound lies could be intergenerational but chances are there's something from your own lifetime current lifetime that has has affected you this way and resulted in you having this habit we can go deeper into the root causes in a one-on-one session or you can join one of my here now group hypnosis sessions which i am launching any day now by the time this video is up the website should be live if it's not though go down below do this regardless go down below to the link tree and that first option will be to opt in for my newsletter and you'll get all the good announcements stay updated etc and also get some little winks of wisdom that you're not going to find on my podcast. So yeah, we're question why we're making these choices. And for example, for the sweet green instance, I think that I was slightly people pleasing, but also slightly uncomfortable because I could feel that awkward tension and I felt like he was getting irritated with me, made me uncomfortable. But I also think it was an insecurity within myself of like, oh, I'm so annoying. Why am I taking so long, you know? So after you, question why you're apologizing and are able to get at least a little bit deeper into the root. You don't have to go all the way to the root cause. Then you can rephrase, reframe the question. You can use a lot of different approaches here. Say, thank you. I appreciate you. Excuse me. You can just be more assertive. Say, I have a question. You could say, unfortunately, this isn't what I asked for in a situation where, you know, you order something and they give you the wrong thing. You don't have to be super nice and sweet and endearing to get your point across. But at the same time, you don't have to be rude. You know, there's a way to do this, it's very neutral. So let's talk about a few more encounters that I had over the course of my time in New York. When I first arrived, literally just got out of the taxi, had all of my luggage, and a guy, okay, I've got, let me, let me just paint the scene for you. So I'm standing there with my luggage. I am kind of just collecting myself. I can't remember if I was looking at my phone or something, but I had um, a tote bag on my shoulder and it zipped up. The zipper was in the, on the back side. So I'm standing there and this guy comes and bumps my shoulder, which like in the area that I was with how congested, like it wasn't very congested. There was no way that he just accidentally bumped into me. Like he would have been watching and looking because it's just not how New Yorkers do their stuff. And so at first I haven't really like registered or processed that what is happening here. I'm just like, oh, somebody bumped into me. That's weird. And so he turns around and looks at me. He's like dressed in this kind of voodoo makeup or like just very dark outfit, very like almost clown, like a dark clown kind of vibe. And it was a little weird. I didn't think too much about it because I definitely used to dress like that when I was in college. But he gives me this really weird look. And I don't, 
it wasn't the look of recognition. It was a look of, it was a predatory look. I just, my intuition told me that. There was nothing about it other than just my gut being like, that was weird. I don't like the way he's looking at me. And it could have been the makeup. It could have been all these different things. But he was very like visually assertive, I guess would be the right word. And he looks at me and he's like, do you, do I know you? Do you go to this bar, this like burlesque place? And I was like, no. And obviously, you know, as this is happening, I'm not really thinking about this. But then afterwards, I'm like, why would he ask me that? I've got like a, you know, he, I look like a tourist right now. And so my mom is standing on the corner and she's watching me and I'm kind of making eye contact with her. And he was like, oh, you should totally come to this place. Blah, 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 blah. Let me get your WhatsApp. He's like holding his phone up to me. And I'm like, no. No, no, no. But I'm kind of being a little nice about it instead of just being like ignoring him and keeping walking. Um, And so my mom comes up and like jerks me away and is like, no, you're coming with me. My mom like swooping in like mama bird. And I felt like, you know, I could take care of the situation. But then reflecting on it, I feel like I was a little too nice. I was a little too open because people on the streets of New York City, like if you've spent a lot of time here, you know that is not how people act. So I get up to the apartment and... I look at my bag because I'm coming, I'm going in to get something, grab something, and it's halfway unzipped from the back side. And I'm like, oh shit. Cause my wallet, my camera, my phone, all of those things are literally right on top of my bag. Thank God they were all in there still. But my mom said that she noticed this woman with him who was very, very basically dressed, like very unassuming looking. So she wouldn't get attention but this guy meanwhile and she said that she was looking at the situation and she thought that it seemed like she was involved somehow and so my theory our theory is that this guy bumps into you he unzips your bag while he bumps into you and then while he's distracting you with his crazy makeup and the phone and blah 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 blah, this other woman comes in from behind and grabs stuff from the bag that's kind of the theory and that i mean it makes a lot of sense if you know how these these people get you they are playing a game. I felt really uncomfortable in that situation. And because of that, I was a little too nice. I was a little too open. I wasn't gonna give him my WhatsApp or anything, but I should have just, you know, I don't know you, you don't know me, I'm gonna keep going. I just felt like I could have been a bit more aggressive and assertive in that situation because it was not right, it was weird. And my gut told me that from the instant that he looked at me and I should have trusted that from the instant he looked at me and said, no, keep going. So I didn't say sorry in that circumstance or apologize to him, but it was my energy that was apologetic and untrusting of my gut. And that's what those people go for. They go for that susceptible, nice energy. It's kind of funny coming from the South where I'm a very open and warm person in general. I mean, I still have my boundaries, of course, but I have developed a much softer resting face, uh, whereas I used to have a really bad resting bitch face, but literally within a day of being back in the city, I was like, oh yeah, I need to get the the New York bitch face back on. (laughs) Watch, are you ready? Okay, here's like, this is normal resting face for me now, but here's, here's New York City bitch face. Don't, don't even try. Don't even test me. I'll fuck you a bitch. And then the last little story that I want to give you guys, which was honestly really scary. 
my beautiful friend christy who's a holistic wellness coach came into the city we met in person for the first time it was the most beautiful communion but christy and my mom and myself went to brooklyn for the day this was actually the day we went to anima mundi which is kind of crazy to think about because i feel like we really needed that chance to ground and feel safe before we experienced what i'm about to tell you about so we're coming back from brooklyn on the l and we get off at Union Square Station. We're coming up and we see one cop, two cops, four cops, eight cops. They're like multiplying. We see like 20 cops, hundreds of cops as we're coming out of the station. And then they're blockading the station off. And we're starting to freak out like, what is going on? You know, are the aliens finally here? It's the end of the world. Like, there's some sort of serious threat, like, Oh my gosh. And I don't know why y'all I'm telling you this whole, the whole week before leaving on my trip, I had a gut feeling that something crazy was going to happen. Like I, I knew we would be safe. I wasn't worried about my safety so much, but just knew that there was going to be some kind of thing, you know? <laughs> so it turns out that it was the Kai Senate, if that's how you pronounce his name, those riots. If you have not heard about the union square riots, you should, you should look at it. Uh, but also if you want to protect your peace, just go into it knowing that it's pretty intense. Man, I have I have a lot of thoughts on that whole situation that I'm not going to get too deep into because it's just, you know, not for this episode. But we got up and we just kept walking and walking. We kept having to go around blocks. And that is just another situation where it's easy to feel apologetic, like you're overreacting perhaps. Especially when you're not a local New Yorker and like, you know, most of the locals are just either irritated or completely unfazed, which honestly is sad to me that they're so desensitized to chaos like that. But it is what it is, I guess. When you're in that high energy of a place and there's so many people, there's just going to be, there's going to be events like that occasionally. (laughs) That being said... I think it's still important to react how your gut is telling you to react because that's how we stay protected and safe in these situations because you can react really strongly and then later process everything that happened and be like, okay, I'm safe now. But if you underreact, that's when you can get yourself into sticky situations. Like I was saying before, when you're uncomfortable, but you don't do anything about it. You just allow yourself to become a victim. We can always predict how what's going to happen to us how our actions are going to lead us all we can do is trust that we are being divinely guided that we are going to be in the right place at the right time trusting that every challenge that appears in front of us is an opportunity to learn and grow now we're going to ultimately be safe and protected. We have to trust that. So as one final reminder, you over apologizing is not a character flaw. It's not something permanent that you're stuck with. It is 1000 bajillion million percents in your control to shift that habit. It's very common for people with codependency tendencies or who are very empathic. I fall under both of those categories to feel that collective energy and feel the need to respond for other people 
But that is not our job. That is not your responsibility. And with that, I am going to leave you. We will chat next time when I am no longer in this chaotic, crazy place. I love it, but I'm also exhausted. Definitely not a 24-7 New York City girl. I need to, I need to go have my trees, you know what I mean? <laughs> Don't forget to give me a review or a follow if you are listening to the audio version of this podcast or like and subscribe, comment, let me know your thoughts. How are you going to shift these behaviors? How do you notice yourself apologizing? What do you notice yourself apologizing for? Love for you to reflect on these things and let me know because I love having conversations with my community. I'm so excited that it's just growing and growing. I cannot wait to offer these group events starting in a couple weeks. I'm gonna officially announce it on my social media within the next few days here. And I love you so much. Goodbye. Thank you so much for joining me this week in the safe space of the Wellness Wave podcast. If you would like to support me and my show, I would be so grateful if you left a Spotify or iTunes review, followed me on my social channels at Slock Sounds or at the Wellness Wave pod, or shared with a friend or family member who you know would infinitely benefit from listening. Until next Monday, have a beautiful week with the intention of creating waves.